Welcome to the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast here on the Backbreaker Media Network. And now, your host, Big Bad Boris. It is episode number 19 of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast on the Backbreaker Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm excited about this one because this is a guy that's uh, that's been around my my radar for for quite a few years now. But I don't really know again too too much about him. I see him at shows and stuff, but I know that he is a super top tier upper echelon talent, Mister Sean Moore. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm good, man. How's it going? It's going very well. I appreciate you taking some time out to to chat with me. I know you're saying you had a long day at work, so so I appreciate you hanging out. Yeah, I mean, I went to the gym too as well. You know, I always got to keep that uh, that gym stuff up at the same time. <laughs> what was today? It was today today uh, buys and tries, back and buys, chest and legs. What was it? Uh, it was back today. Uh, lots of deadlifts. Um, I typically do. Like I, I got to stretch for like forty minutes before I work out. Like my body's so sore yeah. from wrestling and other sports. So I do usually do like a 40, 45 minute stretch, and then after that, like I'll do, uh, it's like a, it's like a hundred set push ups. So I'll do like a hundred regular push ups, then fifty diamond push ups, then I'll do an ab circuit, burpees, free squats, and then I start in whatever my workout's going to be for the day. 45 minutes stretching. That's my whole workout, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, or else I can't move, man. I'm like, I got to stretch, especially my like lower back. Okay. Um, I always put my sciatica, my, my sciatica. Is a, yeah. It's bad for, for my age. <laughs> I guess that's why you look like that. And I look like this, right? <laughs> so I want to stretching now. I- <laughs> it's the stretching and so i got to do more stretching is what you're saying all right yeah <laughs> yes so i always like to kind of go back to the beginning when i talked to, to my buddies here and kind of like when you first came across this crazy thing called pro wrestling i, I kind of as a fan do you remember kind of what you were how you got into it what your first introduction to it was uh i don't remember because um i guess i've been watching it since like i was like six months old uh my dad was a huge wrestling fan and then my mom tolerated it so uh we, they they had wrestling on before i could even walk so i've been watching wrestling for basically as long as i've been alive so i i don't have a story of like there was this crazy moment where i saw this one guy do something in a match that made me go this is my favorite thing in the world i guess i just clicked with it yeah because mrb, my MRB has that, that. Sorry, MRB has that where he remembers the first match he ever saw. And I'm an older guy and I I don't remember the first match. I just remember it always kind of being there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same as me. So did you grow up here or did you grow up in the UK? I grew up in the UK. So I moved to Canada in 2005 when I was 13. So I have a little different upbringing when it comes to wrestling than other people do from around here. Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask. And I, I know there's a lot of, of, of WWE down in the UK, but like what else was there available that you got to see that maybe we didn't? Like, I'm not sure when World of Sport was around and that kind of thing. So what did you kind of grow up on? Uh, it was WWE exclusively for okay. like the longest time. Uh, um, there was, I remember one time there was like a documentary on ECW, um, but my parents thought it was too violent, so I didn't finish watching it. And <laughs> 
Uh, funnily enough, like I knew of WCW. Like I didn't watch, I didn't watch any shows until like right after, right, right as it closed. Mm-hmm. So like I, I had the, the games. So like WCW Mayhem, I played all the time, and it was actually my favorite wrestling game until like SmackDown Two. So I played that and knew the entire roster, and I had booklets and magazines and all this information on WCW. But like you couldn't watch it until. I want to say it was when it closed down year 2001 um, on, it was called channel four. They put the entire cruiserweight tag team title tournament of WCW on there. So I watched like the last year of WCW. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that because the last year of (laughs) WCW was pretty trash. Uh, You know, they, they had real, you know, moments of, of, of really good stuff that you kind of missed. Have you gone back at all with the network and what have you to kind of, Oh yeah. 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 Like I've gone through and and rewatched and, and uh, cause like there was a portion there before the network came out where they had all of the night intros, all of the roars. So I've went back and watched everything like, um, like in, in in England, um, you didn't, the pay-per-views weren't on like pay-per-view. So they were on like, you buy like your sports TV package. Like Sky Sports or something, right? It's exactly what it was. So it was free. So the only problem was, is that it came on at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The time zone difference. So uh, we would record all the pay-per-views. So I had a collection from where my dad recorded. And then when I recorded um, from like 1989 till 2000 of like every pay-per-view that wwe would have produced from that time period and then i know this is kind of jumping but like um eventually in england we got this thing called the wrestling channel that came out right before i moved to canada i remember hearing about that actually that show yeah that show tna roh uh noah um all like all japan uh world of sport so that's where i like branched off and then like started discovering a whole bunch of like other stuff in the indies because like i remember i got my first pwi magazine that had samoa joe on the front cover when he did the roh run and mm-hmm. he was on top so i got that magazine and then the wrestling channel came out and then i was like exposed to all forms of wrestling so it was like pretty much wwe and wcw like right, right up until that point so when that wrestling channel came out you must have just devoured that like 24 7 right Absolutely. I, I, I was in bliss. Like it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Like TNA was like, it was the craziest thing to me. Cause like me and my, my brothers, um, we saw AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and it like blew our minds. Like we were like, I had never seen anything like this before. Like the X division, it was, uh, it was huge, like game changing. Cause obviously like I've always been a huge cruiserweight guy from mm-hmm. back when I was a kid. Cause I was a smaller kid. So when I was like, I, one day I'm going to be a wrestler and I'm going to be, be cruiserweight champion because, you know, all those guys, Guerrero, Mysterio, uh, Ultimo Dragon was one of my favorites, uh, Psychosis, they all had that belt. So, like, when I saw the X Division, I was like, yo, this is the most wild thing possible. And now I don't do any of these X Division moves whatsoever. <laughs> no, Did you know, this is a Boris trivia question, do you know that I have an Ultimo Dragon tattoo? I did not know you had Ultimo Dragon Tattoo. All right, after we're done this, that is awesome. After we're done this, I'll send you a picture of it. It's pretty awesome. Um, So when you were still in the UK, like uh, WWE would go, 
I mean, now maybe like once a year or so, they kind of go there and maybe do a raw and do a couple of shows. Were you able to, to check? Did they go down there to do anything live? No, before you moved over here? Um, I, I, yeah, there with my family, we didn't go to any of the shows. It was like strictly like fandom on TV. Like we just weren't able to, because they had um, like the Rebellion pay per view yeah. and Insurrection, but like, uh, like cost like money and like trying to get down to London or Manchester is typically where they had the shows. Uh, we weren't able to go to. Um, I didn't go to my first live event until I went to one in Regina. And then the first televised uh, WWE event I went to was WrestleMania in 2019. And I've never been to another TV tape in 2019 WrestleMania. Was that Texas? Texas? New York. Oh, that New was York. New York. Okay. Because I yes, went to the yeah. year before that. Um. I totally lost my train of thought. So, so where did you like? What town did you grow up in then? Uh, I was born in uh, London in Wembley, and then we moved around a bit. So we went to Watford, and then we moved to Milton Keynes, and I lived in a small town called Newport Bagnell. Um, okay, that's where like most of my big time memories come because like I was I moved there when I was like nine, so I lived there from nine till thirteen. Awesome, and. I've totally lost my train of thought here. So when you, when did you decide that you want, Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to mention. Whenever WWE would do raw in, in the UK, I always laughed because they always had the, the weird little car and the double decker bus and the phone booth up on the stage. And I understood the car and I understood the double decker bus. Cause that's kind of like a, a, like a UK sort of thing, but I never understood the big red phone booth. So can you explain like the, the significance of the well, big red phone booth in London? You have the, the, the telephone booths, like it's a popular staple in, in English culture is the telephone booths. But it's like all of the stuff that they would have for the shows was like what an American would think England is. Like ah. I always laugh because they, they would always use the Union Jack. And it's like when you go, like if you watch England play football, you always use the white and red flag with the red cross. But like they never used the England flag in England. It was always the Union Jack. So it's like, it was always just there. If you were American, you were like, I know the Beatles. I know this. I know the telephone. <laughs> I know the double decker bus. We're gonna throw all of these references on every single year we go to England. So it'd be it'd be <laughs> like them coming here and putting like an igloo on on the stage because that's yes, what they think. Absolutely. Okay. So is that like offensive or annoying to you guys? Or just no, like, no, not offensive it at all. It, 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 yeah, it is what it is. Like you just kind of expected it. That's why it was cool when you had the the pay per views. Mm-hmm. But funny enough. So on Sky Sports, like I said, you get the free pay-per-views. And then every so often, one of the pay-per-views would be on what's called Sky Box Office, where you've okay. got to pay money for the pay-per-view. All the UK exclusive pay-per-views were on Sky Box Office. <laughs> so, so I didn't watch any of the pay-per-views until I moved to Canada. And yeah. those would have been and those would have <laughs> so been right ones- in here. And those wouldn't have been at one in the morning, too. They would have been at like your regular time. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been like perfectly, I would have been able to sit down after dinner or whatever it is at like six, seven o'clock in the evening to watch the pay-per-view. But then you got to spend 35 pounds or whatever it is yeah. on the pay-per-view. So like I didn't watch any of them until I moved over here. That's actually really, that's really funny. So yeah. <laughs> when did you decide that you wanted to do this? Uh, I was probably six. Oh, okay. I was probably, yeah. Um, I think in every school I went to when they've asked me, what was I going to be when I was older? Uh, it was either from elementary school, Power Ranger or wrestler. And then 
in high school, um, it varied in what I was doing academically and it was always wrestling. Um, it, cause like, especially cause I did, uh, amateur in high school okay. all the way up and through university. So I was always like, from that point, I just became the wrestling guy. I was always like, I'm going to wrestle. I'm going to wrestle in university. And then after that, I'm going to go into pro wrestling. That was kind of been the plan since I was. And then when I was in England, uh, I did martial arts. Okay. To I didn't really know that. high level. Yeah. So I got my black belt in martial arts and I really uh, wrestled for England and I won a couple grand championships. Um, and uh, I was too young because to go to the European championships, you have to be 18 to compete with a men's team. So oh, okay. uh, even at the time, even though I was beating the men's team, I couldn't compete because I was only 13. So Sorry. I had a really good background with that. And then, so I, even that, I was like, I would go into this and then I was going to transition into kickboxing. And I was like, I would use that and then go into wrestling afterwards. So it was always kind of a stepping stone to get into pro wrestling. So what you're telling me is you could whip a motherfucker. Any day, man. <laughs> <laughs> Any day. And there's, <laughs> did, did you, when you were six, did you look for Power Ranger schools? <laughs> I tried to. Like, I was like, you know, when, <laughs> how, how, do, how can I find Zordon and how could I become Power Rangers? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, my teachers were always thought I was crazy because, like, obviously, just the stuff that you put down, what your interests are was never anything like I was, I think the only time I, I was like, I kind of wanted to be a policeman, but like outside of that, I, everything I always wanted to do was unorthodox. Like I never wanted to do anything, I guess, academically, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So were, were, were family and friends supportive of this? Like when you really started to get serious about it and started looking for, for schools and what have you, were, was everybody on board, uh, like parents and family and stuff? Or were they like, hey, what's uh, Yeah, because they, they, they knew. They, everybody knew. They were just kind of like, they didn't know how it was going to work. They didn't know how far it was going to go. But they just knew. Like my parents, they kept that in mind when they moved over here, was that they wanted to move somewhere where there was more wrestling. Uh ironic because <laughs> not as much as we thought over here but <laughs> um yeah everybody was completely supportive of it because like not to mention like my brother wrestles too so my whole family has been invested in wrestling forever even my middle brother who doesn't wrestle grew up a huge wrestling fan too so um my cousins uh all my friends like when they come to our houses it would be you come to our house to play sports, to play Star Wars or Power Rangers, and to play wrestling. That was it from England and Canada. You know? So there's there's a middle brother. I wasn't aware of this. Yes, yeah. My, my brother, Darren, uh, he's, the, he's the middle one. He did not get into pro wrestling, but he did uh, wrestling in high school, and he did a little bit in university as well, and he played just as much sports as me and uh, Nathan did. So Nathan is, is prime, I assume, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I always made a mistake because I, I never call him Prime. Um, but yes, yeah, that's, that's Prime. I had that when Ava Lawless was on the show a couple of weeks ago. She accidentally real named herself and I had to edit it out. It was kind of funny. Um, so are you the youngest or the oldest? I'm the oldest. You are the oldest. Okay. I was just not gifted. I was just not gifted with the height in the family. Fair enough. Uh, so my, my middle brother is 6'1 and then oh, really? obviously Prime is massive. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Now, so where did you train? Did you start training in the UK or did you train over here? 
for pro wrestling or for yes, amateur? For for pro wrestling. Oh, uh, Lance Storm. That's the you did go to Lance. Okay, I wasn't hundred percent sure yes, about yes, that. Yes, okay, yeah. So so obviously you did that when you were here. When you when you started training, and this is something that I like to ask. You know, you know the guys. When you started training, was there something? that that you thought wow this is not at all like i thought it would be certain a certain aspect of the training or or what the bumps felt like or or what you saw on tv compared to what you learned was there any kind of like wow this is way different than i thought it would be honestly no uh i think that that is because of the level i wrestled at outside of it so like when it came to like hard training and what to expect like Obviously, you're not bumping in amateur wrestling, but you're getting slammed on the mats all the mm-hmm. time, and you're wrestling, you know, I wrestling Canada, the US, and stuff like that at a high level. So when I got into Lance, it wasn't there wasn't anything that I didn't anticipate. Like I, there's stuff I didn't know, uh, but there wasn't stuff that I was like, oh wow, I wasn't expecting that type. Mm-hmm. Thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you do you think that your amateur background gave you an advantage over a lot of the other guys? absolutely um also like my like again my absolute fandom and like love of wrestling helped too um but like uh it helped me obviously training wise and uh position wise Mm -hmm. and and kind of what to expect because obviously it's based off of you know amateur wrestling or or, of a fight so with my background that's you know what i was doing beforehand so i think it was a bit easier than if um I say I only played uh, like football or soccer or something. And then I went into it and then there's like different mechanics. I guess like the hardest thing would be is uh, the actually the hardest thing for me. And still to this day is, is that um, wrestling on the the left side of your body is okay. the hardest thing for me, because obviously when you're wrestling in the amateur, you wrestle on your strongest side. So mm-hmm. If I'm taking a shot on somebody, if I'm taking somebody down, I'm taking them down on the right side. So, like when I'm doing chain, trying to remember to chain on the left side yeah. is very like I have to consciously think of it because I'm like, well, I've chained before on this side, and it will come natural to me. So it's like that's I'm kind of ambidextrous with that, but like if I'm not in Mexico, it confuses. Me. <laughs> I was just gonna say you do well so, in Mexico, I think. Yeah. <laughs> So did Prime and you do your training at the same time? No, he started training before I did. He oh. started training in high school and he trained in Regina. I finished out uh, wrestling in university first before I went to Lance Storm. Ah, okay. So how yeah, he long, actually is wrestling longer than I have. How long uh, was, was training before you had the ill-fated first match? Uh, Three and a half months, four months, maybe. That's I it. I think. Holy! I think I did the I did the landstorm training, and then I started just driving myself to shows to try and get booked on shows, and then um, I got a phone call from uh, his name. He was Leon Grayson in Alberta, but he's moved to Ontario. Good friend of mine. Um, he phoned me and said it was. It must have been like. 12 o'clock at night because I was at a bar with my brother and he was just like, can you make it Calgary for, you know, like 11 a.m. to set up the ring for RCW? And I was like, say less. And I left the bar, packed my bags, drove to Calgary, set up the ring, and then had 
my first match, which was a triple threat between me, Leon Grayson, and Red Thunder in RCW. Um, what year was this? 2014. Leon Grayson, that, it name, was, uh, that name doesn't ring a bell to me at all. Blonde kid. Um, tall, blonde kid. He was in my storm class. Like, that's where we first met each other. Oh, okay. So he, so, he was in state because he was from Ontario and then mm-hmm. he stayed in Calgary. Um, and then, yeah, he stayed out there. So he was hanging about with the RCW guys. And like I said, he gave me the shout out. So I always shout him out because without him, I didn't get my first match. So I, I thought your first match would have been a high impact, but I guess I was wrong. No, no. <laughs> now, as I like to talk about first matches, just because they usually go one of two ways. Uh, did you go over? <laughs> Actually, I did. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah. But as for first matches, a lot of times people, you know, they talk about that, you know, that the whole thing fell apart and it was a, you know, it was the drizzling shits. How, how, do, you, how do you feel your first match went? It wasn't awful. Um, That's the best you can hold enough, for in a first match, really. <laughs> funny enough, there was a point when Wavell was not in the match and he took me out of the ring and attacked me. And I was very confused because I was like, <laughs> Wavell's not in this match and this is supposed to be a disqualification. But nothing was said. And I, I, that was my first exposure to going with the flow and going on the fly. Learn, um, learn to work. So it was uh, yes. <laughs> quite the learning curve. And then, um, yeah, working with Red Thunder and then Leon Grayson was definitely interesting. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was awful. Um, it Like, uh, definitely compared to the stuff i'm doing now i'd be like yeah yeah of course um Um, (laughs) so you became you kind of found a home in high impact correct yes yeah so how did you get booked in there and tell me about that because i i've i've i think i rode down maybe twice to go to an hiw show i think i might have rode down with mrb just to hang out and just to see a show so i've only been to two but i i remember enjoying the couple of times i went down there so how did you get involved with them and tell me about that high are they running now no, not anymore. I think they closed right be- like before the pandemic. I think in 2019 is when they closed down. Because I was thinking uh, I hadn't heard the heard the name in a while. So how did you get hooked up with those guys? Um, I we, we went to the shows, uh, me and my brothers. Um, before actually in 2012, uh, we went to the shows and we actually had a mini practice with them. So like. They let us hit the ropes and we learned our first bump to see how it would go. Um, and it went quite well, but I moved to New York for the summer. So I did continue wrestling and then went back to the shows again in like 2013. And then I think that's when Nathan uh, started wrestling with them. And then uh, I just drove to the practices and got in contact with them and started wrestling around until eventually got booked on the first show, which I okay. think was in August of 2014 or no september because we would have finished the storm training so september of 2014 is when i got the first match there so let's take a quick sidebar here what the heck were you doing in new york uh i was um a door-to-door salesman selling pest control uh for a business program through university ah okay (laughs) how's the big Uh, apple everything it's cracked up to be uh it was great um I made zero money that year because uh, <laughs> people don't like uh, <laughs> pest control. But um, the experience was fantastic. Um, and it was good. It, it always looks good on my resume. So I oh, guess that, that, sure. that's the thing to take from it. Yeah. 
Um, how did you get hooked up into PWA? Because that's where you came onto my radar, and I was like, these guys are effing awesome. Thank you. Uh, it was actually um, MRV. He uh, shot me a message. His fucking like, name's got to come up I, in every single episode of this thing. We always got to talk about him and what a nice guy he is. It's starting <laughs> to piss me off. Because uh, we, I wrestled him at our big show, uh, Spring Meltdown of 2015. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I met him. And we hit it off, had great chemistry, had a good match. It was only like five minutes. But it was like a zero break, just bang, 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 five-minute match. And we connected really well. And then he shot me a message and said his opponent couldn't make it for Fright Night. And he was like, are you able to drive down to Edmonton? And again, I was like, say less. And I was I like, you're already in the car the before he hung up, right? <laughs> yeah, I hopped in the vehicle, and then we had that match of Fright Night, and then the rest was history. I was pretty much brought out, I think, almost every month after that. And I think that like, if you've got two guys that really, really click, I think you can do a lot in five minutes. You can, you can really, really you know, tear the house down in five minutes. Yeah, that was, that's, that's still one of my favorite matches, actually, that, we had, that I've had was that five-minute match. It was um, it was what it was the first like I was really starting to build confidence because like that was rightly around that like year mark for me and I had never seen uh, Blaze before like um in in person so like it was like I didn't know who he was and then I had heard obviously good things about him so I was like okay this is gonna be a a decent match and then like I said our chemistry was together and there was a large crowd so I think everything fit well the vibes fit well so it was a a very memorable match for me yeah he's he's not that good (laughs) (laughs) i'm just busting balls okay what we're gonna do now as as you have learned pardon me uh uh, guests of my program i like to uh have them pick a couple of songs that are near and dear to them that we play uh during the show uh we're gonna go to your first track right now and when you pick this one it made me so happy i don't know a lot about hip-hop I don't listen to a lot of hip hop. I never really have. And it's nothing against it. It's just certain things I like and certain things I don't. Um, But I remember when this song came out, it kind of caught me and just kind of tickled me the right way. And I was like, this is a great song. I actually bought the CD single and you're too young to know what a CD single is. But this song, no, trust me, I know it is. <laughs> this song is a fucking banger. Uh, the song is I Wish by Skilo. This song is fucking awesome. And I want to know why you picked it. Because when you said that first, I was like, that is great. Uh, this was my anthem in high school because um, I was uh, very undersized and uh, quite nerdy in, in uh, high school. So um when i heard the song i was like this song in a funny way fits me to a t and um i even have it as like on our like quoted songs in our like grab book like it's just like it became like my theme song at school um anytime you pick a song so i was like if there's one song i'm gonna have to pick if somebody asks me what song resonates with you uh is definitely i wish and it's like uh, it's a fantastic song um yeah <laughs> all right well we're gonna have to wrap this song together you and i one day because i think i know all the words <laughs> to this song all right so we're gonna go to that now this is ski low this is i wish on the punk and pod drivers podcast 
Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point ball. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leo. She could she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go. And even in my dreams, I can scheme a way to make her mine. Cause I know she's living fat. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball. So how am I gonna compete with that? Cause when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked. And in some cases, never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall. Or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather jocks get the fly girls. And me, I get the hood rats. I tell them scat, skittles, kebab, got hit with a body, put in a hospital for dark and that mess. I confess it's a shame when you living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. Glad I came to my senses, like quick, quick, got sick, sick to my stomach, overcoming by thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't a type. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four ball. I wish I had a brand new car. So far I got this hatchback, and everywhere I go, your wife gets laughed at. And when I'm in my car, I'm laid back. I got an A-track and a spare tire in the back seat, but that's flat. And if you wanna know what's really whack? See, I can't even get a date. So what you think of that? I heard that prom night is a bomb night with a hood ratchet and old type of Rito. Figaro, when in my car, I can't even get a hello. Well, so many people want a cruise cringe on Sunday. One day I'ma have to get in my car and go. You know I take the one ten until the one o five. Get off on cringe yard, tell my homies look alive. 'Cause it's hard to survive when you're living in the concrete jungles and these girls keep passing me by. She looks fly, she looks fly. Make me say my my my. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a gun. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six more parts. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a gun. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six more parts. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller, y'all. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. Hey, I wish I had my way, 'cause every day would be a Friday, and you can even speed on the highway. I would play ghetto games, name my kids ghetto names. Little Mookie, Big Al, Lorraine. Yo, you know that's on the real. So if you down on your luck, then you should know just how I feel. 'Cause if you don't want me around, see I go simple, I go easy, I go greyhound. Hey you, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Ah yes, ain't that fresh? Everybody wants to get down like that. Wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six more balls. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six more balls.
That is Skilo. I wish on the Punk and Potterverse podcast. My name is Big Bad Boris, joined by Mr. Sean Moore. I love that song. That song is so good. Um, Great. I want to talk about so you were correct me if I'm wrong, but you were in the infamous match where the Millennial Rebels were given the tag team titles, but they did not know they were given the tag team titles. Is that correct? Yes, 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 yes. It was it was you guys, and it was also uh, Team Hall of Fame, but you guys were the actual ones who took the pin. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. No, yes, yeah, yeah, we got pinned. Yeah. So so tell me about that, just because that's kind of become a, like a bit of a folklore story on my podcast, just because we talked to Colton Kelly about it, and we talked to... Uh, 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 Michael Fitzpatrick, the referee, about it. Everybody in the building knew about that, except for those guys. So, like, do you have any kind of cool little story about that, or was it just kind of a uh, thing they asked you to do and you did it? Uh, it was actually it was it was me and my brother's idea. We were just oh, like, it'd be a okay. cool thing them because uh, they wouldn't expect it. Obviously, they had no idea it was coming. So we were just like, because like we we again we wrestled them countless times, right? Like we had a good feud with Lenny Rebels, you know, and a good feud with MRB and bvd so we had had the belts and we were like okay you know we need to eventually drop them at some point and we were just like uh this is gonna be a cool surprise for them um and it's gonna be funny because they're gonna totally think that something went wrong and have no idea what to to do and so yeah went ahead with it and it was it was good it was a yeah yeah, anytime I, I we talk about this, I always say the same thing. If you go back and you look at the video, you'll never see two guys more upset that they won titles. Because <laughs> I think it was on me. I think I didn't kick out. I think it was you. Yeah, I'll have to go. I, yes, I, should I think, pull that I think, and I, should, I think it was on me. I always say I got to pull that and put it up on the PW YouTube channel. I really should do that just because it's <laughs> This is one of my favorite things about you. Uh, I'm a big kaiju, big battle guy. I just like it because it's silly and it's fun. And a few years ago, WrestleMania weekend, I get a message from you telling me that you're going to be one of the plantains on the Kaiju. And I popped harder for that than maybe anything <laughs> I have in my life. I was so excited. And I watched that show live and I was like, it's Sean, Sean's a plantain. So tell me about how that <laughs> came to be and tell me about that match and wearing that giant plantain suit. Uh, so that came about, um, I had, uh, done one of the, uh, evolve camps that they had, uh, mm-hmm. that weekend. I miss um, evolve. I really enjoyed those shows. They were just, yeah, it was, down. it was a good promotion. Hey? Yeah. They were stripped down. No nonsense. They just put on good matches with good talent. And I, I miss, you know, they're always having a couple of those every month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great stuff. Um, I, yeah. So I, um, had went down to do the, the evolve camp and it went quite well for me, um, I was uh, in contact with them and talking with them and stuff. And uh, they had asked uh, people to help out with the shows. So um, not very many people did. (laughs) But um, I went and basically did everything that needed to be, they needed me to do on the shows and stuff. And then they were kind of just like, um, here's an opportunity. Uh, It's one of the, um, oh, what do they call it? Oh, uh, the, the overall, because uh, you had Evolve, Shimmer, the Kaiju shows. Um, they had like a big name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking. Like like GCW has the collective and, and WWN yeah, has yeah, WWN yeah, yeah, yeah. Live or so, whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WWN, that's it. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yes, WWN. Um, hopefully nobody from there is listening because I was just that was terrible on my part. But <laughs> no, um, uh, I helped out with 
basically all the shows that weekend, like the Evolve ones, the Super Show, uh, the Shimmer Show. And yeah, they were just like, hey, we really like you. Um, we have this opportunity on this show. Would you like to be a part of it? Uh, Trevin Adams actually hooked me up with it. Oh, okay. Uh, he was yeah. the brain announcer. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Yes, uh, super good guy. He was really nice to me. Um, and uh, yeah, so I wrestled on the show and then uh, I had never seen anything like that before. So I didn't for, know those shows existed. I apologize to cut you off, but for people who don't know, uh, basically what Kaiju is, is it's sort of a wrestling promotion, but it's basically kind of based around uh, um, movie monsters and just silliness. So all the, the guys would wear these costumes these big ass costumes and they would wrestle under these crazy characters and they would have like cardboard buildings that they would destroy in the ring as they're fighting and they'd have like just these crazy characters like dusto bunny who was this giant dust bunny and they'd have kung fu chicken noodle who was just a chicken noodle soup can with arms and legs and and american beetle who was this patriotic beetle and unicorn party who was a unicorn and it's just it's super super silly and it's not meant to be taken seriously, but it's super, super fun. And I always like watching those shows just because it's just silly and it's fun. So you were part of a tag team called Los Plantanos, which is basically two plantains. Yep. <laughs> now you now you now you may continue. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So um, I was in this suit that I could not see out of, and. It was super awkward, but the match was really fun and it actually came out quite well. Um, it was like, basically, we were the Hardy Boys in a plantain suit. Yeah, because so, you guys did like moonsaults uh, and shit in that match, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like We were quite extensive. Like, we did like the spin cycle and yeah, it, it was it was fun. Um, the crowd was super into it. Like, uh, my wife came with me to the show because she was in New York with me and she had... Like for her, like never seen anything like that before at all. But like, uh, it was a welcoming community and it was a fun experience, that's for sure. And those those uh, kaiju shows, WrestleMania Week, and those are always like the midnight show. So they're like the super late fun show. The year, uh... Uh, no, we we actually we were not at midnight. The oh, first, really? The, the the first night was at midnight. That one was um, oh, what time was that? That was about four or five o'clock in the afternoon oh really yeah so like they did everything at the um they have that the the venue right in um queens i want to say it was okay then this one was in brooklyn so we drove to brooklyn for the one i wrestled at but because like in new york wrestlemania weekend the shows were spread out between like new jersey new york Mm -hmm. in that area like it was you would like help out one show then got to like get across the state the the city to another show then bounce around the city to another show so it was like quite the experience yeah because in 2018 uh new orleans uh brayden my oldest son who runs camera you know brayden we went down there and we went to to nine shows in four days and and everything in new orleans was actually fairly close and we were actually supposed to go to the kaiju midnight show but the Ring of Honor show ran long. The Ring of Honor show ended up being like five and a half hours. So we couldn't make it back to Kaiju in time, which kind of bummed us out. But mm. those Kaiju things are always super fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was a fun experience. Like I said, like, again, it's always funny, too, because like someday when I'm talking about this in the future, after, you know, 
your wrestling career, you're going to be like, my first WrestleMania weekend booking, I was in a plantain suit. You were a plantain, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've got a couple of really quick questions here that I was uh, sent on the social media. I, I put out on the, on the Twitter machine that you were going to be on this week, and I got a couple of questions here. I want to raffle them off, rifle them off real quick here. Uh, favorite match you've had so far in your career? Oh, that's such a hard one because I don't know if I've had it yet. Um, I've had memorable matches that I've really enjoyed. Um, like, I, like I was mentioning, that, fi- that match with Blaze, the five-minute match mm-hmm. uh, that we had, um, I always bring up, I had a match at Super Kicked with Mark Wheeler. Um, that was okay. a very important match for me because like, at that time period, I was starting to lose confidence in myself wrestling-wise. And uh, I wrestled, when I wrestled that match, like, I was like, oh, I feel really confident about wrestling. Like, I'm like, okay, like, I'm, I'm good at this. this was a, that was a, a very pivotal like a turning point almost. Match. Yes, absolutely. Um, me and Mojibari have had some great matches that I've enjoyed. He has um, improved so, so much over the past couple of years. And oh. if, if unfortunately, like oh, yeah. if it wasn't for the pandemic and he had another year of solid work, who knows how good he'd be? Because where he was when he started to where he is now, just super, super talented. And he's come a long way. Yeah. One of my favorite opponents. And mm-hmm. one of like we've had a like, you know, some Really good battles. Uh, we had an Iron Man match in RCW that was re- was really good. Uh, we obviously the clandestine series that we had too. You know, was a good series of matches. Um, yeah, like I, I, I again, I, like I said, I don't know. I can't sit there and say like I have like a a favorite match of mine. Yeah, I've had like definitely matches that were turning points in my career for me, where I like I was like okay. I've unlocked this new part of my game and I know exactly what match that took place in. So, so yeah, if that makes sense, I don't know if that's confusing. No, it totally makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, do you have a favorite opponent? I guess that would kind of go along the same lines as, as favorite match. Oh man, <laughs> a favorite opponent. I, I guess I listed off a bunch of opponents that I've, I've faced. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know if I've, like if I could sit there and like listen down to one person, because like there's people that I've been in the ring with that I've had a lot of fun with. Like um, again, uh, I haven't had a match like in in like a like on TV or anything. But uh, me and Alex Coughlin, Coughlin, sorry, I messed up his mm-hmm. last name. He pissed off about it. He <laughs> <laughs> laughed about it too. Um, we had we had we trained with each other at the the LA dojo, and we had some matches and some moments there where it was like. Yo, if we ever, you know, we get to have this, like on, you know, in New Japan or on TV or whatever, there's like, it's going to be a magic moment when we're in the ring. So, you know, like he's a good opponent that I love to be in the ring with. Um, I mentioned Mo, uh, me and MRB have had some, some, you know, classics with each other. Mm-hmm. Like we went 45 minutes in Regina one time in a really good match that I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, me and Michael Allen, Richard Clark, you know, always have decent chemistry with each other. Um, I want to do it, and I, I, this is me telling promoters. Uh, me and Davey O'Doyle need to be booked to the tag team together at some point. Um, because obviously, like, <laughs> that's my best friend, and we have great chemistry with each other, and we'd be fantastic as a tag team. So, anybody that's out there, put us a- together. Anybody in a tag with team the match. pencil who's listening, 
that actually leads leads to the next um, question. Uh, uh, who's yeah. your fa- who's your favorite Sask boy, Clark or Davy O'Doyle? Oh my goodness, that's not fair to put the Sask boys against each other. You can't put that on us. The Sask boys is equal footing. Oh. You know, we're, we're, it's all it's all camaraderie. You can't put us against each other. It's there's nothing like the Sask boys. We, we um, all have we all have strengths that we all bring to the table. We, you know, we're not gonna sit there and turn on each other and say who's our favorite and who's this. I think there'd be a, a, a good invasion. Get all the SAS boys together and just cause some trouble. Hell I want to. Yeah. I want to. Especially, jump... especially with Prime Wrestling, that's another SAS boy coming up there too. I said SAS boys getting stronger. I want to. Before I talk about that, I want to jump back to that Kaiju show really quickly. Was there anybody else of note? under the costume that I would recognize who worked that show? That's just like a personal question just for me that I'm curious about. Um, I know, I see it's hard because I, I'm, I'm bad with names. There's a few people that and it's been, been a few years too. There's been on AEW Dark um, that if I saw them, I'd be like, okay, I, I recognize that guy from that show or that girl from that show. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't under masks, but like, um, or like the suits, but they had the, um, the guys from DDT was on the show as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they were just themselves. So they, mm-hmm. it was like DDT versus the Kaijus was yeah. basically the show. So um, yeah, they, yeah that, that's probably the most notable people. So what's going on with Primes? I know that he had an injury and he was out for a bit of time, but it looks like he's on the way back. Are we going to see you guys maybe teaming together again, or, or is that something in the future, or are we just kind of playing that by ear right now? Uh, we're actually facing each other, Ringside Wrestling, December 3rd. Um, he decided to challenge me to a match because he wants to see where he's at, and he's about to be in for a rude awakening because I've improved my game. So let's see if he's improved his game in his time off. Ringside Wrestling, where's that at? Sean Moore versus Alexander Prime. That's in Regina. Ah, okay. Yes, Regina, Ringside Wrestling, December 3rd. Sean Moore versus Alexander Prime, brother versus brother. It's going to be a a fight. It's going to be a battle. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a good match. Now, that's something else I wanted to ask you about, because I remember, and I don't, I'm having a hard time remembering if it came from you or if it came from Kurt. But when you guys first came into PWA, I'm 99.99% sure I was told on commentary to not necessarily talk about you guys being brothers, like actual brothers. Yeah, at first, first we kind of wanted to become our own entities without, because like typically what happens is, is that people just pair you together and they just put you in a box because you're brothers, right? They're just mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, so we needed to create our own identities and our own personas so that people would see us and respect us as our own individual wrestlers. So like, you know, Alexander Prime is very different to Sean Moore. And I think it works. We're obviously related. Yes. Yeah. Now at the last clandestine taping, uh, in between episodes, you and uh, and Prime, uh, you guys got in the ring and did a little kind of freestyle grappling uh, between the two of you. So I want you to cut the shit and tell me if you guys went, you know, freestyle me. actual rules. Me, who's, 
me. <laughs> you don't even it's let me. me. <laughs> I don't even it's get to me. finish the question. He'll, I hope he'll tell. I hope he tell you the same. I hope he tell you that it's him. Like that's that's the competitive nature that we have because we all, you know we want to push each other and we want to be the best. So I, I hope that he would say that if you asked him that question, he'd win. And if I you asked me that question without hesitation, I tell you that's me. Oh, I want to I want to see this now. <laughs> if only I had access to a wrestling ring. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to your second track. And when I pulled this one, I was actually kind of surprised because I didn't think this would be the kind of song that you would pick. But uh but I was wrong and maybe that was my uh, my short-sightedness, but this is uh, a band called Crossfade. The, the song is called Colors, and I, I, I don't know anything about this band, to be perfectly honest, so I'm going to let you explain to me a bit about this and why you picked this song. Um, so I listen to all kinds of music. Like, again, like some of the songs, like, I, like again, I was like, one of my favorite workout songs right now is Gassing Me by I Prevail. So I was like, maybe I'll pick that one, you know? Or um, I was like, Underground Kings is a big song for me by Drake because like that again kind of like represents how I feel as a wrestler. So it's like my music tastes like change. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like again I listen to all kinds of music. So um that's where I guess the difference in the song comes from that. But um that song has a huge meaning to me because um uh I was very I was very lost in high school and uh uh I had a quite a big bout of depression when I was in high school. Um, just, I think with the move and just dealing the school I was in, cause I changed schools uh, after grade 10 and the school I was in, I just wasn't happy where I was. And uh, I was the kid that walked around. I had my Walkman first cause we couldn't afford an MP3 player. So I had a Walkman first actually in 2006, I was that kid. And then, <laughs> and then eventually I got <laughs> my MP3 player, which I had all my, various music and songs on so um my favorite band ever is lincoln park they uh, lincoln park helped me through through that time period in high school but this song in particular um helped me a lot so that's why i was like i'll pick this song because it has huge sentimental value to me um i uh, fun fact fun trivia i've always said if there was ever a band tattoo i would ever get it'd be lincoln park because without lincoln park i don't know how i would have fed throughout high school mm-hmm. so I, I like this concept of this podcast because music is a huge deal to me. If anybody sees me outside of this, I always have my headphones in and I'm always listening to, to songs. So, um, yeah, it was very hard for me to pick two songs. So yeah, I'm hoping that's... that when I get, <laughs> I'm hoping that if I come back on again, I can come up with another two, two songs or like next time is that like I could do a whole podcast on music. Yeah, for sure. Talk about different songs yeah <laughs> that's kind of how i am too like music is a big part of my life so i figured i'd combine my two favorite things which is the music and the wrestling and just kind of put it together and see what comes out and a lot of people have said it's kind of a neat idea and they like talking about the music and stuff and it's 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 not surprising how many people how many wrestlers and people involved in the wrestling business are also very very passionate about music as well because i think it's just part of expression in various different ways because like you paint your picture in the ring the way you know a band paints a picture in a song so it all makes sense to me anyway yep <laughs> all right so this yep. is a song is, <laughs> so abrupt yep <laughs> the song is called colors this is crossfade on the punk and pod reverend podcast can you feel it crush you does it seem to bring the worst in you 
out There's no running away from These things that hold you down Do they complicate you? Because they make you feel like this Of all the colors that you shine This is surely not your best But you should know these colors that you're shining on Crossfade on the Punk and Podrivers podcast. My name is Big Bad Boris. I'm joined by the man, Sean Moore. And a, a, a side thing about music is you have the most pain in the ass entrance song in the history of wrestling. And I'll tell you why. Um, Jay-Z is very, very picky about uh, uh, strikes on YouTube. So I got to make sure that you are in the ring and your music is turned off before I can start putting any of your uh, matches on, on our YouTube channels because we get copyright strikes all the time from Jay-Z because you use that. Uh... My, my song my song is actually changed. I don't actually come out to that song anymore. Um, oh. It's switched to Ready or Not by the Fugees, actually. Oh, is it? Um, oh, that's a great song too. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, just with, um, obviously, my style has changed. Uh, uh, it's a lot more... Uh, vicious and intense. You've and come back I with just an think, intensity that I think is fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So it's, it's like I, 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 the whole presentation, I think, needed to change. So um, 
coming out to Ready or Not, I think has worked really well and people have embraced it. And um, so, yes, so I don't even come out to that song anymore. So for the next clandestine shot or PWA, you won't have to worry about that. PWA <laughs> runs the like Ready or Not show show. again. Um, okay, <laughs> so you had the chance to spend some time at the LA Dojo uh, for New Japan, which I think is super cool and interesting. Talk me through that, how that came about. Um, so I went to they they had a when they first opened up the dojo in 2018 they had a a a workout camp just to see wrestlers and stuff like that so i went to the very first one that they had in la and uh it went really well um i had met uh rocky romero and gato at the at a harley race camp the year before so i had knew them before that so i went to the camp things went well um kind of kept in contact with them and then i went back to the camp again in 2019 and shibata was quite impressed and asked me to come and uh train with them so i was kind of waiting for that and then they had a um uh, a u.s tryout in um september of that year of 2019 september october i'm not sure can't remember the month exactly and they invited me so i was the only person not from the u.s in that tryout so i was very grateful and appreciative of that um i went to the tryout and they offered me a three-month trial at the dojo um i went and trained with them and then i had signed a contract with them for a year so that i was with them and training at the dojo but then pandemic uh world crashed (laughs) then i'm back over in canada again yeah because that's why you didn't wrestle at the first clandestine, that that fancy live one, is because you were under contract yeah. at the time, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, uh, I, I had stopped, I hadn't wrestled a match since October of 2019 up until the clandestine ta- tapings in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a long, like, weird and strange two years for me. Um, so you got to commentate. It's, it's also hard to You got technically, to commentate I've been the death match with me. <laughs> yes, I did. That, I, that was the first time for that death match. <laughs> um, but yeah, technically I've been wrestling now, I think seven, seven years, but it's hard to count because I didn't have a match for almost two years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a, I guess technically I could be like, I've been wrestling seven years, but realistically I've only been wrestling five. So what is the, 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 the next step what are short-term plans and goals and what are long-term plans and goals for sean moore um long term is to be as successful as i possibly can um i I, I am making this yeah i'm absolutely making this like my full-time thing i'm trying to do like um i tasted the next level and i'm not satisfied with not being there like I was so close and for me it's like that wasn't enough i have to be at that level so like i train extremely hard like you've seen my intensity has changed Mm -hmm. my training regimen's changed you know i'm I'm actively doing everything i can um you know i try to put myself out there on social media i you know i've been trying to speak to people uh to you know get some bookings in the us uh trying to get some bookings in england obviously as being a uk citizen um that's easy it's just the fact of like 
living in Canada and then trying to go to the UK. But like, uh, I want to be able to expand and be as successful as possible, whether that's being in, you know, WWE or AEW or MLW Impact, you name it. Like, that's my ultimate goal is to make it to the next level and to be on top. Um, my short-term goals is to be booked all around the world. Like, I mm -hmm. want to travel the world. Like, I've I put it out on Twitter a few times, but, like, I'm deadly serious about it. Like, I want to face the, the best opponents I can. I want to face whoever I can and show everybody that, like, you know, I'm as good as I claim to be. Like, I, you know, like this, I, I believe in my heart and soul that I'm meant to do this, and I'm not going to stop until... I get to the top, so I get to it. Like, I don't want to just be a, oh, you know, oh, he was a good wrestler locally. Like, I want to be on top. I want to be people, I want people to know that, like, hey, that's Sean Moore. That guy is good. That guy is, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. That's what I want people to see me as and, and to believe me as. So that's, you know, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at whilst I'm wrestling. Um. You're one of those guys that I and there's 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 a handful of them around these parts, but you're a guy that I would call TV ready. Like I Thank think you could slide in to to, and I don't want to name other names, you know, because I don't want to uh, unfortunately, you know, leave anybody out by accident. But I I think you're TV ready. Thank you. Um, if I, I feel could, TV ready, I feel TV ready. <laughs> like you look like a million bucks, and, and the work, like like I like I noticed it when you did when I you know I called those matches, and it's super fun to call your matches because you know good matches are fun to call. Um, yeah, like I said, the intensity that you came to those clandestine tapings with was just off the charts, and it was it came through even with no crowd, you could still feel it and it still came through, and I think that's a testament to it, you know. Thank you. Thank you. What's it like working those, those shows with no crowd? Like, is it, is it harder? I've heard talking to other people that, that physically it's a little bit rougher because you feel things a bit more because there's a little bit less of that adrenaline as usual. Is, is it harder for you to work with no crowd? I think it was just different. Like it was, um, it was really nice because like, for example, if I'm wrestling in front of a certain crowd and say the crowd is, wanting more elaborate sequence moves or something like that. You know, you have to play to whatever crowd you're in. Whereas when there was no crowd, it's all storytelling. Mm -hmm. Because, again, there's no point in doing a crazy sequence into a tope suicida with no crowd because mm -hmm. there's no reaction, Right. So with no crowd, what you have is you have to tell a story. The only way that people are going to be engaged with you because they're not having a way to react. Like if I'm wrestling somebody and the crowd is booing me, you know that, okay, that's the bad guy. So you can react to that. With no crowd there, you now yourself have to tell that story so it comes across on screen. So I, I don't think it was, I think it was just different. It was like, okay, now I have to unlock a different part of my game in order to explain that. Now, with that said, it was nice once there was a crowd there because now they can react and let you know, okay, this was good. This wasn't good. This is what they like. This is what they don't like. And, you know, um, you get a you know, crowd reaction. You get a cheer or a boo for what you're doing. So it's definitely really nice to have a crowd, but it was also nice without the crowd because I think it forced everybody to go, what's the story I'm telling? What am I trying to do as a character? You know, what? What's my goal by the end of this? If that yeah, makes no, sense. That makes perfect sense. 
Um, if I could take the big bad Boris magic wand and uh, wave it in the air and book you in a dream match right now, you could have tomorrow. Who would it be? Even give me against three. anybody because I, I think it's like I think it's like music. It's hard to pick one. Give me three. Um, like living or any. Uh, let's go living, just because I think it'd be yes, okay, uh, interesting to hear your choices. Okay, um, Jonathan Gresham. Oh my! The way that he like, I always knew he was good and didn't get kind of the recognition, and that's why I'm kind of bummed about what's happening with Ring of Honor right now. I know he's going to land on his feet somewhere, um, but just mm-hmm. the, the the skills and, and what he's done to his body. He always came across, I think, a little bit, and maybe that's it's partially the way that he was used, but he always came across as a guy who was who could work, but was a little bit bland. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but but the past couple of years with Ring of Honor and the octopus thing and the foundation kind of story they were doing and, and the way that he's worked on his body, he's just at the top of his game and he's one of the best in the world right now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And like, Again, what he was doing, like I, I've said it before, I absolutely, absolutely love the Pure Rules Championship and like the Pure Rules Division, mm-hmm. and that's like that was like a dream of mine to be able to wrestle that style, and because he and he was obviously a big proprietor of it coming back, and um, it, you know, I think that his like his technical wrestling is so superior, and then um, with my aggression, I feel like the two of it together would be a great mix so for me that's that that's definitely a match i'd like to have uh with him i'd buy a ticket um, for that absolutely i'd like to call <laughs> that i'd pay to call that <laughs> the the second match is again all three of these guys are going to be similar styles um davy richards is the second one awesome yes um he's the closest thing to wrestling dynamite kid for me so um and, and especially about, on his return yeah. And talk about intensity, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Like, again, obviously, my my style is, uh, I I was gonna say it's technical, but it's not necessarily technical. It's more just Smash Mouth, and like with obviously the technical aspect from my background and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, I you know, again, we have a very similar style. So, and and with now his veteran experience, I think it'd just be a great match. I love to have, and it's one I've always wanted to have. Um, and then the third opponent, uh, I, I mentioned it on Twitter, um, Brian Dennison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a dream match for me. Um, and I would just love to be able to go up to him and just go, I don't want to talk about anything, just me and you. Let's go. Yep. And that's it. That's it. And I'll, we just I'll make pay magic. To call that one too. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's it. That's all I wanted. <laughs> not to sound morbid, but is there any dream matches of anybody who's left us? Um, and I already know Eddie what you're going to say. I was going to say, everybody says Eddie, and it's such a testament to his legacy and what he did. Everybody says Eddie, and it's it's it speaks volumes of just the talent that he had. Yeah, well, again, one of my... Top five favorite match of all time is him and Mysterio at Halloween Havoc 97. That is so, one of my favorite matches, too. I talk yeah, about that so... match all the time to people, to people who've never seen that match. And it's just like an undercar. I might have even been the opener of, of that paper. It might have been the first yeah, match yeah. of Halloween Havoc 97. Phenomenal. If you've never seen that match, it's one that it's probably in my top 10 favorite matches I've ever seen. And I've been watching wrestling for for 
like almost 40 years. It's definitely in my top 10, maybe my top five matches. I love that match. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Cause that's, that's a banger anyway. Sorry. Yeah, oh, it, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. Eddie Guerrero is obviously the top choice. Um, I, I'm like, again, like out of people, like, like, which is a lot more difficult, you know, Kurt Angle, who can't wrestle anymore, but like, um, that's a dream match for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he's in WWE, but Rey Mysterio, like from the same situation, again, like growing up as a kid. And then, you know, just the fact that, I mean, Rey Mysterio is the greatest high five of all time. It's, it's not disputable, you know, no offense to anybody else, but Mysterio's the goat. So, and he's still um, working at a really the, high level all these years later. Incredible incredible yeah mysterio is is something else like you know i've always said if he was ever taking bookings anywhere else i'm like it's me first that's my match we mysterio (laughs) we had uh and i hope i don't get in trouble for saying this but many many years ago when he i think after wcw went down before he came into wwe uh pwa had looked into trying to bring him in and and the price tag was hefty Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, uh, again, what an incredible talent, you know, yeah. like. Do you watch a lot of wrestling? Because I've mentioned this before. There's a lot of, of, the, of the guys that I have on. They either watch a ton or they don't watch any. Um, I've been. Uh, so there was a point when all I did was watch wrestling. Um, I kind of go in and out of it a little bit nowadays. Uh, I keep up with things because I always feel that you need to keep up with what's going on currently. Um, so, you know, who's, who's existing and who's doing stuff. Like, again, that's what got me into GCW. Uh, I watched GCW just because again, it's a popular promotion and there's so many new guys in it. So I always feel like you should pay attention to what's going on. So, you know, watch your competition, you know, who's out there, you know, what people are doing. Um, Obviously, you know, um, you watch tons of stuff from Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody watches AW and WWE and that type of thing. So I guess, I guess you know, long story short, I do. I guess I do watch a lot of wrestling still. You just got to kind of keep up to know kind of what's, what's, what's going on out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you have to. Again, like if you, if you don't keep up, then how do you know what's going on? You know, like, again, like, it's like a i'll take a person who has kind of like she's been wrestling for a while but like um has kind of gotten a lot popular like recently but like uh masha slamovich um oh i think that's how you say her name yes she's all over the place right now yeah but what i'm saying is is like if you're not paying attention it's like she's making waves so you you need to know kind of who is making waves so that you're you know you're in the loop and you can see that like okay so she's doing this badass stuff over here so, you know, okay, that's cool. That's kind of her thing. So make sure you don't steer towards that because that's kind of what she's doing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned yeah. GCW. Um, they have done, during their collectives over the past few years, they've done uh, an event called For the Culture, which uh, is our show is uh, comprised, I believe, entirely of talent of color. Is that something that you'd be into in a show that you'd I've like to work? I've contacted them. Oh, you have? Okay. Um, I think... I think it's just a social media push because um, it's something I'd love to do, obviously, because of everything that it represents and what it's about. Mm-hmm. I know it's obviously difficult living in Canada, but, um, uh, I've, you know, like there's a Black Wrestling Matters show that's also coming out. They're having another one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
let everyone you know, because like I'm trying to push for it social media wise, because I love to be a part of those shows and be able to represent the culture and be like, you know, there's talent all over the world, not just in America. Yeah, and you would turn heads at that show too. You would, and there's so many like great talents that you could work too. Like I like Lee Moriarty. I'm so glad that he got signed by AEW because I've been a big supporter of his for a long time. I'm a big Myron Reed guy. Uh, AJ Gray's doing really well. Like there's so much talent out there. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to be a part of that show to work with those guys and to, you know, to be a part of it and, and be seen in that light as well. Now, my favorite thing about you, and it's been quite a few years now, um, but I remember a number of years ago when you became a father. <laughs> and, yep. and I just wanted to bring that up because I always used to, whenever I'd see you at the show, I would always ask you how the little one was doing. He'd show me pictures and stuff. So I just want to just, just remind you or remind myself that I, I just always thought that was really cool about how proud you were and excited you were to become a dad. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's the best thing, man. Like, family's huge. How you old is, uh, is the little one now? She's four. She's oh, turning five. Time, or three, time four. flies, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, she's, uh, she's getting real big. She um, can take prime, right? Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah she, <laughs> and she's, uh, she's quite the wrestler herself, too. She's quite yeah. athletic, actually. Uh, her, she's going to be a dangerous one in the future. Oh, it's um, the next, the next yeah, generation. Fa- <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Family's, like, hugely important. Like, I mentioned, you know, my wife on the podcast and stuff, but like, you know, without her support, you know, you wouldn't be able to do the things that you're doing, you know, and like my, my mom and my dad and my brothers, um, like I, I, in my promos, I always talk about money championships, but you know, there's three things, money championships and family. Yeah. You want to make money to provide for your family. You want championships to be successful and to show, you know, what you did in your work and your family, like I say, you know, uh, Without your family, you you know you wouldn't be here. So you always gotta give the shout out and respect to your family because you know they help you push through. They're the ones that see you on your worst moments mm-hmm. and your best moments. So yeah, always always love goes out to the family. Well said. Uh, is there any? We're gonna close this down here. Uh, is there anything that you want to say to anybody out there, fans, promoters, uh, uh, anybody? Um, I just. I just want to thank, uh, especially the, I, I've got a lot of recent new, new people following me and stuff and uh, people being interested in really pushing to, to see me go to places. And I just want to say, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to make sure that everybody is pleased and happy and that, you know, when they invest their time and, and, uh, and wrestling it to show more that it's going to be worth something. Um, yeah. I just want to thank everybody for, you know, all the support, all the guys, um, like I said, wrestling's a camaraderie and everybody's great, you know, in all kinds of locker rooms, um, guys and girls. Uh, the scene, I want to put over the scene out here in Alberta and, and in Saskatchewan and all over Canada. Uh, it's very difficult, um, obviously, for us to get seen and because of visa issues and whatnot to get into the United States. And it, sometimes it feels like you're forgotten. Yeah, it and, was hard um, to get I, noticed know, no, before. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. It was hard no, to okay. get noticed uh, before the pandemic, it was hard. And MRB and I have always talked about uh, like Alberta's kind of like the black hole and, and the pandemic just made it so much harder and it sucks because there's so much talent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of it. It's like everybody just kind of has to keep like screaming to the rooftops about the talent that's out here. You know, like I always use the example of the UK scene. I lived in England and there was no popular wrestling scene whilst I was there. And then in the, I like, 
because I lived in Milton Keynes and now Rev Pro and other promotions have some of their biggest shows in a town that I never saw a wrestling poster in when I was a kid. So it's possible. And, you know, it's like, it's just waiting for the, you know, the cauldron to tip over and let all the talent out. So, uh, you know, I just want everybody to keep their head up. Uh, you know, it's tough, but we're, we're doing good. And there's a lot of talent out here in Canada. And eventually it's going to be a point where everybody's going to be like, wow, how did we forget about this place? And we're going to be all over in top positions all over the wrestling business. Hell yeah. Well yeah, said, man. my friend. Well said. Uh, give us all your social medias and how people can get a hold of you. Um, you follow me on Instagram at Sean M. Fit. Um, my goodness, I do this every single podcast, my Twitter account, because <laughs> Sean Moore was taken. So I have to go on to it because I'm pretty sure it's Sean underscore more three. Yes, it was at Sean underscore more three. Um, on both those accounts, you can see me uh, cutting various promos to different backgrounds of hip hop tracks. It's great. Um, and uh, you'll see me talking wrestling. Uh, Star Wars and anything comic book and nerd related because outside of wrestling, that's the stuff I invest in. Or, and you also see me either complaining about how poorly Manchester United is playing or, or jumping for joy at how Cristiano Ronaldo is saving our team this season. So, can you believe um, that they played like soccer? <laughs> Sorry, you are, you're in Saskatchewan right now, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. So here in Edmonton, Alberta, where I live, uh, it is, they had a giant dump of snow, and it's cold as balls, and they played soccer tonight. Mexico and Team Canada played soccer. I don't know how the hell you book a soccer match outside in Edmonton in the middle of November. Like, whose fucking idea was that? Yeah, and it's a huge game, too. It's a World Cup qualifier. Like, it's like a, a big deal. Um, yeah, because, like, outside, like, when I was coming home from work, like, Almost couldn't make it. Like we we have a huge blizzard. I think it's subsided a little bit, but um, we had to shut down practically the city. It was really bad this evening. So why the hell are they playing soccer? Woke up. Big I guess, deal. I guess it's it huge. is. <laughs> it's huge. All right, Sean. I want to say thank you very much for for hanging out with me. This was super fun. I learned a lot about you, and uh, I'm hoping that our uh, paths will cross again. Uh, very soon and i'm hoping that i get behind the microphone for some of your matches very soon yes man thank you very much i'm looking forward to it all right uh at the end of every episode i always pick a song that i uh, like some some kind of new and i i came across this band called surfboard s-u-r-f-b-o-r-t surfboard and the title of the song caught my eye and then I listened to the song and it, uh, I loved it. I'm a, I'm a punk rock guy, Sean. I don't know if you're aware of that, but the song is called white claw. <laughs> the song is called white claw and I'm a bong hit. And I thought that's the best name for a song I've ever heard. And then I listened to the song and I'm like, that's the best song I've ever heard. So we're going to go out to surfboard, uh, white claw and I'm a bong hit. I'm working on getting MRV to come back on again. Uh, he wanted to come on and, and talk about music and movies and TV and stuff like that. Cause he says nobody ever asked him about that. Uh, but he's a very, very busy man with the training and the wrestling and the, and the being God's gift. So I'm hoping we're going to get him on very soon. In the meantime, I thank you, Mr. Sean Moore. This is White Claw Animal Bonk Hit, uh, Surfboard, and we'll talk to you guys all next week.